Welcome to the Mission Connect podcast, a podcast all about ordinary people doing extraordinary things to fulfill the great commission of Jesus. Our goal is to help you connect with God's mission for your life. So get ready to be inspired, challenged, and move to fulfill your mission. And now here's your host, Finu Ike. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of the Mission Connect podcast. My name is Finu Ipe and I hope that our time together today will inspire and encourage you to connect with God's mission for your life. Friends, my guest today is Christian apologist Timothy Barnett. Timothy is an apologist with Stand to Reason Ministries and travels extensively throughout the United States and Canada, proclaiming the gospel and equipping Christians with the tools they'll need to effectively defend their faith and become faithful witnesses of Christ's message of hope to the world. Tim shares his amazing journey of stepping out of a comfortable teaching position in Toronto to pursue the mission of his life to become an apologist. Tim was one of the speakers at Go Conference 2018, the annual conference on evangelism hosted by Passion to Reach Ministries, and I was blown away by the feedback from Tim's session. You're going to love this conversation that I had with Tim Barnett. Friends, also before we go to the conversation, remember that you can still register for courses at Passion to Reach International School of Ministry. Just check out the website at prism, that's P-R-I-S-M dot study for more information. With that, I want to encourage you to listen to this entire conversation that I had with Tim Barnett because if you're called to fulfill a mission by God, I'm telling you, his journey and his story will inspire you, encourage you, and fill you with faith to believe that God is able to fulfill his call upon your life. Here's my conversation with Tim Barnett. Okay, and I want to welcome to the Mission Connect podcast, Christian apologist uh, with Stand to Reason Ministries, Tim Barnett. Tim, welcome to Mission Connect podcast. Hey, it's good to be on. Uh, Tim, you know, we just had an incredible weekend uh, this past weekend at Go Conference 2018. Um, Obviously, uh, your sessions were super impactful. I was just telling you about all the feedback uh, that I received and... uh, just amazing. So thank you for being at Go Conference this year. Hey, it's, you know, it's my pleasure. Uh, we're always uh, glad to be involved in these kind of conferences, especially conferences that, that um, focus in on evangelism in particular. Um, so thanks for having us. Absolutely. Tim, you know, I'm, I'm actually glad that uh, I was able to hear your talk and then do this podcast with you because it, it sort of gave me some context into what you do and your ministry as well. And, and, uh, you know, I was telling you before we went on air that I was actually able to use some of what you were teaching on the Saturday on Sunday morning because uh, I was speaking at a church. And then after right. I was done, someone came up to me and asked me uh, a question or, or made a comment to the extent of, you know, hey, aren't all religions the same, etc. And uh, so you'd given us some keys that uh, I was able to use. And I was like, yes, it works, you know, so which is awesome, because I think, you know, as Christians, we really need to be equipped. Right. And this is really, I guess, what you do as an apologist is uh, defend the faith and equip Christians to be able to defend their faith effectively. Uh, So before we get to all the great things that God's doing in and through your life, give us a little bit of a background as far as how did you come to faith in Jesus? That's a good question. Uh, I I started out, you know, I grew up in a in a Christian home. 
uh, I like to tell people when the, when the church doors were open, we were there, you know? Oh, and yeah. so uh, my mom was in the choir and we went to youth group and we were at Sunday school and Sunday morning, you know, we were just, we were just always at church. That was just a part of our, our lives. Um, but sadly, uh, when I look back, I see that, you know what, I, my, my faith was very, very shallow. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't truly understand um, the gospel um, at least early on, at least early on. And, uh, although I kind of went through the motions, you know, we did the camp meetings in, in the summer and, and, uh, different conferences and that kind of thing. And so, um, I did actually, I was, I was baptized, uh, in my teens. Okay. Um, and that was a, that was an important moment. Um, but even then I strayed from the faith into, into my later teens, mm. uh, high school, um, you know, got into kind of the party scene that be, that kind of consumed my life. Um, and, and, and in addition to putting things like, you know, marks at school above everything else. And so if I needed to start missing church, uh, or missing youth group because I was studying for a test because, you know, I wanted to, uh, get into the school of my choice and scholarships and all those other things. And so I ended up going to university and, um, meeting people who, questioned um uh my questioned me about my faith and so i had friends who were you know from jewish background muslim background some were just uh non-religious atheist skeptical agnostic this kind of thing and i remember this kind of this moment and i don't have a great memory but this just stands out because it was one of these really embarrassing moments okay. where a friend of mine were in the library and and he asked me just point blank he knew i went to church what's really crazy is i would you know party till two in the morning uh-huh. but because it was just it was in my dna to go to church right. you know i would get up in the mornings you know, and, you know, peel myself out of bed and be in church. Mm. And, uh, cause that's just something we did, you know? Right. Um, and so my friend asked me, Tim, why are you a Christian? And, and at this point I would have identified a, as a Christian, really not knowing, mm-hmm. you know, what that really means. And my response is really embarrassing. I said to him after kind of like thinking for a moment, mm-hmm. I'm a Christian because my parents are Christians. Wow. And when I said that, mm-hmm. it because this is this is the wrong reason, you know, for our list for the listeners, this is the wrong reason to be a Christian. Um, because my parents are that's, no, you should be a Christian because it's true. That's the answer I should have given. I should have given. Yeah. But that led me on a on a little bit of a journey. Um, I went home thinking, Tim, you got to do better than that. Why do you go to church? Why, why do you claim to be a Christian? And so I started, I went to the internet, which is not always the best source of uh, accurate information, but, uh, and I stumbled upon really thoughtful Christians, um, clear thinking Christians. I didn't even know they existed, honestly. I know uh, some people, you know, grew up listening to Ravi Zacharias mm-hmm. and Josh McDowell and some of these famous apologists. I didn't even know who these people were. Um, and so I started discovering these ministries and find out, Hey, there's answers. And so what would happen is from that kind of point onward, I came back and said, actually, I just discovered, Hey, there might be good reason to believe God exists. And, and, and so we would have these discussions, but then they'd ask, what about the problem of evil? 
what's the problem of evil? So I'd go home and I'd, you know, hop online and problem of evil, you know, click. And, oh, here's all this stuff. Right. And I end, up, I end up reading books like um, The God Delusion by Richard Dawkins to find out, you know, what is the other side teaching on this stuff? And, and then reading guys like William Lane Craig and Ravi Zacharias and others. Um, and, and what I discovered through this process was, you know what? Christianity has the goods. Mm-hmm. Christianity is true. Mm-hmm. The evidence is on our side. And so, you know, there's good reason to believe that, that God exists and that Jesus, you know, was a historical person and claimed to be God and did miracles mm-hmm. and rose from the dead. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, this came, my faith came alive. And, uh, and so I graduated um, university with a physics degree, just on, now with a new passion, on fire for, um, for my faith and to preach the gospel and share um, the truths about Christianity and the Christian worldview and uh, went to teacher's college. And that's where I took probably the most violent assault uh, to my faith. But it was, it was actually a lot of fun um, and made a lot of good friends who to this day aren't Christians necessarily, but um, who respect me as a person. As standard reason, we, we talk about the ambassador model, knowledge, wisdom, character. Mm. And we think, you know, we can have vehement disagreement with our, our um, friends without being necessarily disagreeable, like without being offensive. Right. And yet we can go on the offense. And so I didn't share this with you, but one of my, before, but one of my friends actually, who I would debate in teacher's college almost every day, mm-hmm. creation, evolution, all different subjects. He became a department head at a school in Aurora okay. and a science department head. And when his physics teacher retired, he actually called me and asked me if I wanted the job, which is, I mean, if you think about that here, he knows that, you know, we disagree on fundamental issues, right? but yet we were able to maintain this friendship. And, uh, and so that to me was just, I felt really good because it showed that, you know what, this guy wasn't offended by me. Although I think I did offend him with the truth at at times. Sure. Um, so I went to teacher's college, and, uh, and that's where things get really exciting. Um, uh, before we get there, yeah, yeah, can sure. I just ask you a quick question? I, I just want to unpack this a bit. Two things. Number one, it sounds like your faith came alive. Something ignited within you when you were challenged. Like it almost seems like the opposition caused this sleeping giant yeah. in this young man to wake up and say, hold on, yeah. I need to know for myself. That's right. So, so would you say that sometimes us being in the safety of our churches is detrimental to our faith and growing our faith because we need some level of opposition yeah. to motivate us and stir us on the search? You got it. Mm-hmm. You got it. I think the biggest problem of our culture is not atheism. Mm-hmm. It's apatheism. Wow. People don't care. And I didn't care. It was it didn't affect my life in the least. I was claiming to be a Christian, but the reality was nobody was, you know, putting my feet to the fire about it and no one challenged me on it, especially in the Canadian culture. Yeah. Um, you know, it's more like, well, that's just true for you. Sure. And I have my truth. And so mm-hmm. we all just kind of, you know, this relativism thing. Mm-hmm. Well, um, it's really interesting because 
part of my job now is I'll travel around. I get invited to speak at conferences and schools where I will actually do what's called an atheist role play. Okay. I'll get invited. And the reason there's a, there's a, this connects with what you're asking, because the reason we do this is we see if you want to motivate a group of high school students, you want to get them thinking about their own faith. You invite me in. I get introduced. They think I'm an atheist. I put, I put on these glasses. And when I got the glasses on, I'm an atheist. Right. So the, the youth pastor, the pastor will say, here's my friend, Tim. He's a, he's a professor of philosophy, and he wants to share with you why he's an atheist, why he's not a Christian. And I spend 20 minutes beating the kids up. Oh and there's nothing like it. All of a sudden, these kids who are apathetic, who didn't yeah. really, now they're feeling it. Their back's right. against the wall, and right. it's you know, fight or flight time. Yeah, yeah. And many of them, you know, God bless them, they, they, try, to, they try to push back. But when mm -hmm. I say the Trinity is incoherent, you know, you believe three gods are one God. They don't know what to say, even though I've misrepresented what they really yeah. believe. It's yeah. one God, three persons, you know, this kind of thing. I tell them the incarnations in going. I say the problem of evil makes God impossible. How could you believe in a God like that? I attack the Bible. I attack them from science. I attack from every angle possible mm. in 20 minutes. Mm. And then we go back and forth Q&A time. And then, I, and then I reveal that I'm a Christian. And you would not believe the, the, just everyone in the room is like, no way. I can't believe it. Okay, Tim, now share us the responses to these challenges. Now they're motivated. You want to motivate kids, beat them up. Not physically, but with these intellectual right. challenges. It's good. And That's good. Uh, we all know this. We all, and, and your listeners, the next time a Jehovah's Witness knocks at their door, they were at my house yesterday, okay? okay. Yeah. And, uh, and it was, we had a great discussion. Um, but you know, when they leave, any, any Christians, now I'm motivated to look into the responses. I've just been challenged. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I, my, my theology and my understanding of God has grown immensely just since they started knocking on my door a couple years ago. Okay. Yeah. And so it's the same with our youth. Yeah. We, yeah, we need to start challenging more. Yeah, and I was just thinking, you know, the Bible talks about train up a child. And uh, this is really bad analogy, obviously. But, uh, you know, we watch all these, like, uh, uh, law and order shows. Sure. You know, we're into the SWAT show now that my wife and I watch. Uh, and, uh, you know, part of the, the training to become a, a cop or a member of the SWAT, whatever, is they put you in made-up circumstances. That's right where you actually get shot, but not real bullets yeah. because they want to recreate what it's going to really be like when you, yeah. when you're out there, you know, you but in the church, sometimes we don't use, we don't, we don't do those um, mock sessions, if you yeah. will, with yeah. fake bullets. Um, yeah. And so when we do send our kids out into the world, they've just not been equipped uh, to, you know, it's one thing to fire at a, you know, in, when you're in a firing range, and there's a target that's not moving, not shooting back at you. And yeah. you can take your sweet time to aim and fire. And yeah. it's completely different in a real life scenario, right? And you so I, I guess part of what, as I'm hearing you talk, I'm thinking, I wonder if that's where we're missing it even in the church with the next generation is we're not putting them in real life scenarios to say, yeah. this is what's going to come up against you and yeah. you need to be ready for it. So we call this at Stand to Reason, we call this the difference between isolation and inoculation. 
Mm, I think for many of us, nice. we're, we grew up in the church and we're isolated. And this is, I mean, a lot of Christian schools, um, that's, their, that's kind of the philosophy. We're, we're like an island apart from the world. Right. And so whatever's going on, we don't want to hear about Darwinism. We don't want to hear about relativism. Mm-hmm. I've talked to science teachers and asked them, what do you teach about evolution? Oh, we don't teach that here. But your kid is going to go off to a public school, a university, and most of our Christian school students go to a public uh, university, they're going to hear the arguments yeah. and they're going to be convinced as a result because they've never heard the other side. So we think don't isolate, inoculate, give them a bit of, you know, teach them about relativism and postmodernism and all those other isms, right? And then they're able to fight against it. That's what, how an inoculation is supposed to work, right? right? You get part of the flu and then your body fights against the flu virus. That's right. Um, yeah, we need, we need to be doing that. So our kids are ready. So they're not, they're not, you know, bleeding out on the battlefield um, at university mm-hmm. or, or their job or whatever. Yeah. So, so you're in teacher's uh, college and you, you know, you, 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 this, this whole area of your life, of your faith gets awakened. Yeah. Um, what happens next? You're done teacher's college. What happens next? So then I, um, it's interesting, you know, I actually, I got married okay. um, the day after I graduated Wow. Teachers College, mm-hmm. and then that week, oh, sorry, we went for uh, went for my honeymoon, and then I got a job interview. And actually, the high school I went to, which was a public school in Newmarket, mm-hmm. um, and I ended up getting the job. And I was I was feeling like I was on top of the world, like everything is going right for me right now. You know, I got married, graduate, and you know, all these things. And uh, a week later, I get a call from that school principal, and and he says, "You know what, Tim." we made a mistake. We shouldn't have hired you. And I, I, what are you talking about? He said, you weren't like, there's a certain protocol. You should have been on a certain supply list Mm -hmm. that we could hire from. Um, but you're, you're like right at teacher's college. You're not even in the system. So they ended up kind of taking the job back. So now this is in, this is in June, July. I, I, I got no job coming in September. I'm thinking, okay, God, what's going on here? You know? Um, I, but at the same time, because I'm, in, I'm passionate about my faith and mm-hmm. apologetics and evangelism, I started doing some events. Um, okay. And one of the events I did was at the end of August, this was, uh, this was at a camp I grew up in, so they knew me, um, and I ended up giving a talk. And during the talk, I actually mentioned, hey, I'm also looking for a job, you know, if anyone knows anybody. And it turns out someone in the audience was from People's Christian Academy. They worked there and they knew that they needed a physics position, a physics teacher. And so it was just really cool that I, this worked out where I was able to go for an interview like uh, the week, the week before school started. And they actually hired me to be their physics teacher. Now, this was not on my plan. I wasn't thinking about Christian education, um, to be honest, I'd never even been in a Christian school before. You know what I'm saying? Like it yep. was, what is this place? And, uh, so I'm, I was at people's Christian Academy and, and I was introduced to more apologetics from the chat, the, the Bible teacher there, um, growing in my own faith and study. And I was there for about three years mm. and, uh, three years in, I, there was kind of this, unrest. Um, there was kind of, there was this feeling, I don't know how else to describe it, where I, I, I knew I wasn't supposed to be teaching anymore. Mm-hmm. I, 
at least in a public school or in a, in a Christian school system. Right. Um, I, I knew that God was calling me to be doing this apologetics thing full time. Mm. Um, I, I, I wasn't sure what it looked like. All I knew was that's what I, that's what I was being called to do. Mm. And at least I had a desire on my heart, you know? Right. And, um, and so I told my wife about that. And of course, She's a pretty logical, methodical, you know, thinker. And, sh- and she yeah. says to Tim, you know, we, you got a degree in physics, so you could go to, so you could teach physics and you went to teacher's college and, mm-hmm. you know, that cost $10,000. And, mm-hmm. and then, um, you know, we started doing all the math and no, you, you should be teaching. And this is what you've been training your last, the last five years of your life for, right. you know? Um, and, and so, you know, you need to keep doing this. And that was kind of an, and I thought, you know what, you're right. And this is kind of crazy. No one gets paid to travel. Like hardly anyone gets paid right. to travel around being an apologist. That's not even a real job, you know? So you start talking yourself down. Right. Well, a few months later, um, my wife had been talking with her mom and her mom encouraged her to kind of let me follow this passion. Mm. And, um, and so she, I came home. It was, it was amazing. I came home and my, you know, we're having dinner. And my wife said, Tim, let's do this whatever it takes, mm. let's do it. Mm. What do you need to do? And I, and so we made a list of things, you know, I should probably go back to school. I've never taken seminary class, Bible classes, philosophy classes. So we found a program um, where I could do that at a seminary and get a philosophy, a master's degree in philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, there, I needed to speak more, sorry, emailing churches and trying to get out, you know, I need people to know that I'm out here willing to do this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I, and then there was this, you know, the hard day where I went to the principal's office at people's Christian Academy and said, I'm, I need to quit my job. And, uh, that was a hard day because we needed the paycheck. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is not a smart thing to do. People are lined up to get teaching jobs still today. You know, if you graduate teacher's college, you're likely not going to get a teaching position because it's just so hard to get a job. And uh, here I am quitting my job and I love teaching. It's not like I don't like it. I love teaching. Right. Um, so, and I love the student. I mean, it didn't make any sense logically. Mm. And, and, uh, and yet we, here we are, we, we did that. And uh, so, yeah, so I ended up um, uh, t- uh, doing a, a session, a couple sessions at what's called the ACSI Teachers Convention. That stands for Association of Christian Schools International. They bring basically all the, in the GTA, all the um, uh, teachers, Christian school teachers meet at Brampton Christian School for just uh, professional development, this kind of thing. And I knew they did that. So I, what I did was I gave uh, an email, I sent an email to the guy, the director, Mm-hmm. and told him I want to speak at his convention. Well, he didn't know who I was. <laughs> and so he ended up emailing. I gave a reference for my principal at Peoples, and he gave me a good reference. So I gave two sessions, what every student needs to know about science and faith and what every student needs to know about truth. And what's incredible, people think nobody cares about apologetics. My sessions were packed. People were literally sitting in the hallway trying to listen. And I, I have a slideshow and stuff. They couldn't even see the slides. They're just listening. Right. And so my, so the director, uh, Mark Kennedy, he, he came to me afterwards and said, Tim, 
I want you back next year and I want you to do six sessions. Now, what's funny about this is I didn't even have six, I didn't have six talks. I had two talks. That's all I put together. Mm -hmm. And so I said, Mark, I'm, I'm, I'll be there. Yeah. So I ended up putting, so flash forward a year, I ended up, um, showing up at that conference with my six talks and, and Sean McDowell, who is uh, the son of the famous apologist, Josh McDowell, he wrote evidence that demands a verdict Mm -hmm. and more than a carpenter and has, you know, sold billions of copies of these books. Well, his son, who is a professional apologist, uh, he was there and I came up to him and said, Sean, I want to do what you do. And he kind of looked at me funny, you know, who are you? And I said, I'm doing these sessions. Would you come hear me speak? So he did. He, one of my sessions, he was available. He came, sat in the back of the room. And I was doing what I was talking about, why our young people are walking away from the faith and what we can do to stop them. Mm-hmm. And I did the atheist role play, which is actually something I got from him. I, you know, I was copying it from him. Right. And uh, he had to run right afterwards. But he said, Tim, we're going out for dinner tonight. And so we went out for dinner. Mm-hmm. And it was like the best three hours of my life. You know, I'm sitting next to Sean McDowell. We're having a good time. Yeah. And he said to me at that, at that dinner, I want to help you. Um, let me know what I can do. Wow. And I'm thinking, oh, is this, is this for real? Like, how is this possible? Sean is, wants to help me. Right. And um, months later, I got a text message from Stan to Reason. It was April Fool's Day, April 1st. Um, and it said, Hi, this is Brett Kunkel, who actually works with Stan, worked with Stan Therese. And he said, um, I was talking with Sean McDowell, and um, I would love for you to send me your email. I thought, this is April Fool's Day. My brother's involved. Someone's, my friends are, someone's <laughs> putting me up to something. Well, I checked the number out. It turned out this was legit. And they invited me to speak at a conference a few months later in Orange County, California, to 1,100 students. Wow. Greg Kokel, uh, president of Santa Teresa and Road Tactics, he's sitting in the front row with his daughter. Just wow. incredible. I mean, I was so nervous. Was, um, that, I, was that your largest uh, audience that you had spoken to oh, at that point? At that point, by far. Wow. I mean, okay. I would say before that, probably 100, you know, <laughs> at that camp, like, like campground or something. Right, right. So seeing 1,000 people being on the main stage like that, it was... Um, I could have, honestly, I told my wife, God could have taken me right there. You know, I would have been a happy man. Right. Like, like this is the, pin- the pinnacle of my, of my yeah, call I, and my ministry. It's not going to get any better than this. Um, and so uh, it turned out that I left that, that conference and I got, there was really good feedback about my session. And so Stan to Reason wanted to hire me. And they, they called me and said, Tim, what do we do to get you to California? You know, we'll pay to move you. We'll, you know, we're going to take care of you. Um, at this wow. point, you know, I have a wife and kids and, uh, listen, man, for people in Canada, that should not be hard at all for yeah. you to get us from Canada. Well, actually, Africa. you know, you look at this weather, we had snow like yesterday. That's um, right. <laughs> uh, and you know, the, the weather is absolutely gorgeous there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what, and this goes back to when I, when we, uh, wrote down, what do we need to do, you know, to, to quit my job as a teacher and what's my goals. And my goal we had written down was we want to reach the people of Canada. I want, one of my goals was I don't want a Canadian young person like me growing up in the church Mm -hmm. and not knowing that Christianity has truth on its side. 
mm-hmm. um, and not knowing what the gospel really, and it can be defended. And, um, and this would just completely derail um, that if I, and so I, we, after a month of prayer and, um, and just really, you know, trying to find out what does God want us, we turned the job down. And this to me was like, okay, it doesn't make any sense. I quit my job. Okay. And everything's going great. And now I get this job offering. You're, you're quitting. It's almost like you're not doing what God wants you to do anymore. And so we, uh, you know, we, it was one of these really tough decisions. We said no. And then months later, Stan Teresen calls me back. I thought that was the end of it, but they called me back and said, We've never done this before. Everyone at Santa Teresa is about uh, 18 employees. They're all in Orange County. They're all in, in California, Southern California. Mm-hmm. And, but we think we can make this work where you stay in Toronto. And you, you go ahead, reach Canada with our material. We, we want you to do that. And, uh, and so we had to work through some logistics. But in the end, it, it worked out. And so um, it, it's just it's just. In- when I look at my life and I, I know arguments for God's existence, I could rehearse them right now. Yeah. This to me is the most powerful of the arguments for God's existence because I couldn't have orchestrated this any better if I was the one in control. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, and yet it just seems like, you know, God has directed the path the entire time. Yeah. Tim, uh, your story is just absolutely fascinating. Um, from where, you know, you started off in, uh, going to university and being challenged to where you are today. And, and part of the reason we, um, started mission connect podcast was when I was 18, um, I thought the people that I looked up to had some sort of a master plan from God where they mapped out the next 20 years of their life in ministry. And they just basically, you know, executed on that well and things worked out. And then I got into ministry myself, started speaking, started traveling, started talking to people that I admired and looked up to and realized that their story was actually orchestrated by God, not themselves. Like they didn't know, they didn't have a plan, much like what you're talking about. It was just one thing led to another. And what I found amazing was the key seemed to be obedience. They obeyed the one step that was in front of them. And when they did that with all of their heart, then God would open up the next step. And that's the whole reason for this podcast is to encourage those who listen to this podcast to say, listen, God can use you. You may not have all the resources. You may not know the right people, as you were saying, uh, Tim, and I've been in those positions in my life. I'm sitting with people that are my heroes in the faith. And I'm thinking, is this really somebody yeah. pinch me? Is this really happening right <laughs> now? You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, and only God can do that, right? And so that's sort of the whole purpose, purpose of this uh, podcast. And that's my encouragement to those of you that are listening. Uh, Tim, as we wrap up, I was taking notes as you were talking and Mm -hmm. a couple of words stood out to me. And I just want you to maybe in 30 seconds or so, unpack these words for us. Number one, you talked about passion. Mm -hmm. You talked about that first talk you gave before People's Academy. And just because you were so, it was in your profession, it was in your job, it was in but it was just something drove you. How important is passion in finding and fulfilling your call? You know what? I, I think it's essential. Um, man, when I, when I give a talk, 
part of it's the material, but yeah. part of it is I, I, this is what people tell me that Tim, your passion is almost contagious. Mm. It's like, I am passionate now to fulfill my calling mm. because I see you being passionate about how you're fulfilling yours, you know, this kind of idea. Yeah. And I think when, when you're doing um, God's work and, and, and you're, and you have your own desires, that passion should just, you know, overflow, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I think it's, I think it's essential. Um, yeah. And it drives you, I suppose, eh? from, even from your story. Every, like, it yeah. It drives you to, to do things, to get out Every there. Every day, you know, it's, we were talking about this, you know, I can't wait to crack open my Bible. I can't wait to go over some sermons, some past sermons, uh, lectures, stuff that most people are like, seriously, you want to do that? You know, when we're unwinding at the end of the day, I love going on YouTube and finding a lecture. And my wife's like, can't we do something else? You know, this kind of thing. And I actually like that. You know what I'm saying? Um, And I don't know. I think there's passion. God gives us desires. Right. And and I think we ought to pray that um, God would reveal those if we don't know what they are, Mm -hmm. reveal them and enhance them. And for me, it's been one of those things that, you know, it just, it just seems to grow and grow and grow. Um, And, uh, and I'm just going to keep following it, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, the more you feed it, eh? the more it grows. That's right. Um, Secondly, you use the word unrest. And I know sometimes it sounds like a negative term, but I think for people that have a sense of purpose and destiny from God, that's a very important stage of the process. The yeah. unrest, uh, you know, it's like Moses in the palace. You know what yeah. I mean? Man, yeah. I know I shouldn't get involved with these slaves. Like, honestly, yeah. I shouldn't. <laughs> I should just, just, you know, just, just stay in the palace. Everything's working out for you. Yeah. Just, but there's something in you that says, no, yeah. I've got to be there. I've got to be with them, right? In his case. And so you talked about unrest from the perspective of People's Academy and that yeah. transition. Help us process unrest because maybe somebody's feeling unrest right now. They can't explain it. They're like, I don't get it. Everything's going great. Why am I feeling this restlessness yeah. when it comes to, you know, I need to do something for God. I need to. Yeah. Well, I think um, just as God gives us desires and passion, he also, I think, gives us these feelings of unrest when, they're, when we're not necessarily um, in the position we should be in. Mm. And, uh, and so here's uh, like, like you just described, here's me kind of, I'm teaching. That was the dream. You know, that was the, that was the goal. I'm teaching, I'm making money. I'm, you know, all those things. This is, this is the way life is supposed to go. And it's a Christian school. And it's a Christian school. So so what's wrong with, I mean, God, what's the problem? Um, but here's this feeling of, of, you know, you know, it's, there's more, there's more for you, you know, that kind of thing. And trust me. Um, and this was this for us, that unrest was, okay, are we going to put our money where our mouth is? Are we Mm -hmm. going to, are we going to trust God? Like we talk about, like I go around saying, you know, I'm preaching people have faith in God. And yet here it is for me. Am I going to have faith at this point? I'm going to trust 
that God will take care of my family financially, mm-hmm. you know, cause that's a, that's a huge burden, especially as, you know, a man and the hu- husband and father and family, I'm like, my family going to be taken care of. Um, here I am going, I joked about this. I'm now, I'm, I'm going back to school. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, um, creating papers, producing papers and, and writing exams when I was marking exams and marking papers. I'm, it's like I'm going in the wrong direction. direction yeah. um, but you know what? There was a peace. There was unrest. Mm-hmm. But when I quit my job, mm-hmm. um, there was also a peace. That's good. And, uh, and so we knew that this was the right move. And uh, even when we didn't see it in the moment, I can look back and say, of course, that was the right move now, right? But when you're in the moment, you don't, you don't often see it, right? right? And so trust God, he'll give you peace, right? Um, you also talked about getting out more. You know, there's some people that I talk to that have a call or have a, a passion or a sense that God wants to use them in some way. And they say, well, you know, Fanu, well, if God really wants me to, then he's going to make things happen. But it sounds like, um, and I'm not trying to say that you were, you know, breaking doors down to get in, but yeah. you were definitely putting yourself out there. You were definitely getting out and connecting yeah. and at least building, you know, relationships, networks, just, yeah. just, just saying, Hey, I'm serious about this. I'm going to put everything into this. Yeah. Talk to us about that because some people have a hard time with that. They, they have yeah. that, you know, if it's God's will, then he'll somehow come, yeah. you know, knock my door down <laughs> and drag me out. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, you know what? God has given us brains to you know, make decisions and, and, um, and passions to get things done. And so, you, you know, you can't just sit on your hands and expect God to get it all. It, it was, you know, I, I, God was in it, but I, I contacted Mark Kennedy at people at uh, the ACSI conference and that started a ball going, right? I quit my job to go back to school. That started a ball going. And, and so there is, it's not all God um, in the sense that if you just don't do anything, he's going to make everything happen, but it's not all you either. We talked about this before. I tried to manufacture some stuff. I tried to, create speaking events and all this other stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I mentioned that, man, usually that's when things went bad, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's when, it's when God and where, where I and God were working together, yeah. um, things just have exploded. And so we mentioned, you know, 1100 students, I did an event this year in a, in a arena, um, in Kansas city for over 5,000 students in one, like in one place. And I, and this is the kind of thing that I can't orchestrate that, you know, um, I tried to manufacture those kind of things and they didn't happen. And then all of a sudden this guy finds a video and he knows a guy and it's just, and you, when you, when you, um, start to connect the dots, it's like, okay, that, that had nothing to do with me. That was God in all of it. Right. That's good. Um, you also talked about, mentorship. And I think this is really important and something that a lot of people that are called by God miss out on. They try to do it all on them, all on their own yeah. and by themselves. But even, and I'm not sure your, you know, eventual relationship with Sean McDowell, but, but saying to somebody, come and watch me. Yeah. Give me feedback. 
you know, I just want to hang with you. I just want to hear what you think of what I'm doing because I need you to pour into me. Yeah. Um, I think that's an incredibly powerful thing to do. And it's a biblical principle, oh, as well, you know, um, Moses and Joshua and Paul and Timothy and Elijah and Elisha, I mean, throughout the Bible, right? So how important is that, do you feel, mentorship? and, and Big time. Yeah. Uh, so for your listeners, if, if you want, if you're thinking about, you know, going into a certain aspect of ministry, whether, you know, whatever it may be, find people who are doing those things that mm-hmm. can mentor you in that, um, or someone who can help you and so- cultivate your relationship with God in the process. Because you know what? I don't know where I'd be without, um, some of those mentors. Sean has been, continued to be a mentor. Um, mm-hmm. of course at stand to reason, my boss, Greg Kokel, um, who wrote the book tactics, you know, we have, you know, weekly or biweekly meetings where we'll just Skype and chat and you know what's going on and, and how can I pray for you and how can I help you? And so some of it's professional, some yeah. of it's spiritual, like it's, yeah. and, and I don't know honestly where I'd be without that. Um, you know, we're, we're called to make disciples. We're yeah. called, and that entails us mentoring. Yes. We also need people discipling us. That's right. That's um, good. and, uh, and both of those are crucial. Um, Tim, this has been just uh, a rich, rich time of, of um, just being able to listen to what God's been doing in your life. I want to end uh, our session here, our podcast here with this. You talk about saying no to stand to reason. Mm-hmm. Um, firstly, I think that's an important part of the process when you're following God's call, because there's going to be opportunities that come up that seem so amazing, but as opposed to them being from God, they're not actually part of what God wants you to do. And sometimes it's a test, you know, sometimes it's a test to see, well, what are you going to do when there is an opportunity that you really love to take? Uh, But that in your case was connected to Canada. And I just want you to end on that note, saying no for the sake of Canada. Yeah. And what do you see as you travel our nation? Because most of our listeners are Canadians. What yeah. do you see when you travel our nation with respects to the gospel and the respects to uh, how the church in Canada is engaging our greater culture with the message of the gospel and conversations of faith that would lead to people coming to faith in Christ? Yeah, the, the culture in Canada is much different than uh, in the U.S. I spent a lot of time in the U.S. and uh, speaking as well. And, and there, there's, a, there's still the residue of a, a you know, post-Christian kind of culture. Mm. Uh, whereas, especially, I mean, if you go into the, the South, you're in Texas or whatever, it's, it's much more evident, you know. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in Canada, what I find is that people... Uh, you find less people that will even claim to be Christian. Mm. Um, and those who do claim to be Christian have been so influenced by our culture, which is very uh, uh, pluralistic. And what I mean by that is they, they believe that you know, all religions are basically true. Um, and, and, there's, and if you claim to have a, you know, the, the, a hold on truth that your, your, your Christianity is actually true, mm. then they're going to call you names. Like, you know, you're being intolerant or you're bigoted or something like that or narrow minded. And so you have, we've arch the Christian, the, the Canadian church has been deeply um, influenced by different philosophies in our culture. And so, you know, when I, when we said no, our motivation was to reach Canadian 
um, people, especially students, with the truth that uh, of the gospel, and and even foundationally teaching things like, and this is some of the things I speak on, that there is such a thing as truth that exists. You know, we're living in a strange time where before you can argue that Christianity is true, you got to convince people that truth exists, right? It's a reality um, that God exists. You know, something that's just fundamental. And, you know, our parents and our parents' parents just took these things for granted. Everyone believed in God, you know? Not so today. Um, When you look at the stats for millennials and now the new research on Gen Z, Mm -hmm. um, and Gen Zers are much different than millennials. Mm. They're much, but they're much more likely to say, I don't believe in God. Um, And so this is, so there is a real cultural shift happening. And so we need more and more people doing work like what you're doing and work like what I'm doing. Um, and, and having an impact, blooming where they're planted is how I like to put it. Um, that's all I wanted to do. I want to, yeah. God, whatever you give me, I'll, I'm going to use. Mm-hmm. And so if that's this classroom of 30 kids or 30 people, great. Let's yeah. go from there. And, and as I have bloomed, there's been all kinds of fruit that yeah. has resulted. And, uh, and so I would just want to challenge the listeners. Man, bloom where you're planted. And especially, you know, you're in Canada, you're listening. We need you. We need you on the team doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, we talked about in tactics, or maybe I didn't. There's, there's gardeners and there's har- harvesters. John 4, you know, woman at the well. Yeah. Jesus sees the, them coming. The woman's bringing these, the Pharisees and these people, the, the Jewish people. And he turns to his disciples and say, you guys are going to reap where you didn't sow. You're going to harvest where you didn't even garden, right? And so I, our team, we got harvesters and gardeners, one team, right? Yes. And uh, we need more people out there, mm. you know, gardening in our culture. Um, and, and, then, and then hopefully we'll reap a harvest in Canada and see revival. Um, that's what I would love to see. Um, Amen. That's what we're believing for as well. And so, friends, if you're listening to this, uh, God's calling you to be a sower, to be a gardener yeah. uh, in our culture. And uh, and uh, the harvest is coming. Uh, we, I truly believe that. I know Tim believes that. That's why him and his family are here in our nation, um, just uh, going across the country and uh, reaching people with the message of the gospel and equipping the church mm-hmm. to do so. Uh, as well. So Tim, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this right now are um, wanting to know more. They want to connect with you. Uh, They want, they, all of them, Tim, thousands want you to be their mentor now. So how, (laughs) how can they get in touch with you and Santa Reason? Well, and that's what Santa Reason, that's why we exist. We want to equip the church. We want to mentor the church. And uh, we're not to replace a pastor, but we want to come alongside and help. And uh, so they can, they can find out more information about uh, Stand to Reason by going to str.org, str.org. Um, we have podcasts, we have apps for your phone. Nice. Um, we blog daily. I mean, there's, there's a whole team of us who are just trying to put out real uh, important resources uh, in, get it, get the, get them into your hands. If they want to become friends with me on, you know, Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, 
yeah. um, then they could just search uh, Timothy Barnett um, or uh, I guess it's at Timothy Barnett on yeah. some of those platforms yeah. uh, or they could even email me um, just Tim at str.org and I'm happy to connect that way too. Tim at str.org. Excellent. And pastors, if you're listening to this podcast, I highly recommend uh, that you connect with STR and with Tim, especially if you're in Canada, uh, because um, Tim's sessions at Go Conference this year, uh, I mean, we just had incredible reviews, incredible feedback uh, from everyone that was in those sessions. So I highly recommend Tim and his ministry. So Timothy, thank you so much for being on this podcast. Honestly, your life and your story are an inspiration to us. And uh, we thank you for what you're doing. God bless you. Thanks. Friends, I hope you were encouraged with that conversation that I had with Tim Barnett. Please check out all the great resources offered by Tim's ministry at str.org. And send him an email and let him know if you were encouraged by his story. Tim's email again is Tim at str.org. Listen, friend, I'm so grateful uh, that you tuned in today and I know your time is valuable. I want to thank you for trusting me with these few minutes of your time and I hope our time together today has encouraged and inspired you to continue to pursue God's mission for your life. And by the way, if you've benefited from listening to this episode, please leave a review on iTunes and or Google Play. And also, we love to hear from our listeners. So please send me an email and let me know that you're listening and how this podcast is helping you. You can email me at missionconnect at passiontoreach.com. Listen, that's all for today. Make sure you join us next time for another episode of the Mission Connect podcast. You've been listening to the Mission Connect podcast. Join us next time for more insights on how you can live out God's mission for your life.